0: to the Last Gen Podcast brought to you by Miracle Word Ministries. These episodes are specifically created with students in mind. More than ever before, we must know why we believe what we believe, build strong faith, and stay on fire for God. We know that Jesus is coming soon, and we're going to live like this is the last generation. Are you ready? Let's go. Welcome back. You are listening to Last Gen Radio. I'm your host, Alex Iaquinto. What's up, everybody? How's it going? How's it hanging? I'm glad to be back with you today. Thought I'd switch it up with the intro. But I still will say, my name's Alex Iaquinto on behalf of Miracle Word Ministries, and you're listening to the Last Gen Podcast. We should do like a a Last Gen Podcast remake. How many of you are like, I would say old enough, but most people are going to be like old enough. You mean young enough? To to remember like Disney Channel when they would used to be like, you know, wh- whoever would be on. It would be like, uh, my name's Cole Sprouse and you're watching Disney Channel. And they would like draw like the Mickey Mouse ears with the little wand thing. I remember that vividly. That That is a pretty early 2000s kid thing. Do they still do that? I don't know. And then people who are who are like 20, like in their late 20s, have no clue what I'm talking about. Even in their early 20s, no, early 20s know exactly what I'm talking about. I'd say like mid to late 20s, that wasn't a thing for you. My name's Cole Sprouse, and you're watching Disney Channel. Who else watched Zack and Cody as a kid? Loved you some sweet life of Zack and Cody or some sweet life on deck? Anyways... What is up? Good to be back on with you today Um, I will say it's weird um, recording in a parking lot Um, Number one, because someone just pulled up next to me And it looks like I'm a lunatic to be honest with you Because I'm just like talking into a little black um, thing And like gesturing I'll just turn off my lights It's kind of weird because I feel like like they're looking at me right now But I'm not going to like turn around (sighs) The things that I do for you guys the things that I do. Anyways, <laughs> today's going to be a good one. Um It's another Q&A episode, which always gets me excited. Um, I won't take up too much time on this one. It's not going to be a super long one. I just chose a couple questions. Um, I only chose three questions. Um, I did that because I know how off-topic I can get. So... Not off-topic, but how in depth I can get. Like I just know if if I picked more than more than three, it would take forever. So I picked three, but they're good. They're good three. They're a good three. So I th- I feel like I feel like it'll have something for everyone. Um, and you know how I feel about Q and As. They're always good. What what um number of Q and A is this? I guess this is like Q and A three. I think. Let me check. Let me check. Let's see. Thirty episodes, dude. Did you know we had thirty episodes? That's crazy. Let's see. Um. Okay. Here's one Q and A. Here is two Q and A. All right. I think this is the third. Yep. Q and A, third edition. We're talking about some some interesting things today. Um, some things that I think will help you. So share this to your story. Share this to your uh, whatever. I was going to say Facebook, but nobody should be using that in this generation. I'm just kidding. If you use Facebook, don't feel condemned. There's no condemnation for you. Um, but if you're still on MySpace, you should feel pretty, pretty condemned. Let's get into it. Um, I don't feel like I need to give you a scenery set. You, I think you guys can kind of... How about this? I'll tell you when I'm not in the car. Because I think like just telling you that I'm in the car kind of just, you know, it's redundant. I've told you many times. Assume that I'm in the car unless I say something. Let me tell you, though. Once we get into the studio in Florida, it's going to be nice. It's going to be nice. Come September or October, we're going to be in a, a little more of an official setup. And I'm excited for that um, it's gonna be super fun to live live down with the miracle word team reunited and it feels so good all right let's get into it so <laughs> I'm I'm torn betwixt which ones I should pick first but you've seen the title I've probably included some of the questions in the title let's let's just jump into it let's let's start with the last one first the last should be first and the first should be last amen all right let's start with it I'm going to keep these anonymous because, you know, they could be personal, but I also promised that I would, so not trying to mixpose you guys. But I picked these 3 because I feel like they give a wide range of um, here there's one theology question, um, one personal question. I guess there's two personal questions. But but I think I th- I think it I think it'll help cuz it's what a lot of people are thinking about. All right, let's start with the the th- last question. There's a part one and part two. How to heed advice about college slash after high school. Many scream college, but I want to, part two, I want to go to Bible school and get involved in ministry. Why don't people understand? So that's kind of like two questions. How to heed advice about college slash after high school. Many scream college, but I want to go to Bible school and get involved in ministry. Why don't people understand? Um, this is a great question. And just like a, a heads up for everyone that's listening, this this won't be just for those who feel called into the ministry into Bible college. I understand that um that's a large portion of what I talk about. Well, not a large, but like, you know, it's 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 dominant in my, you know, in my uh thought process just because I know there's so many people that are called into the ministry and I myself am, but this isn't just for those called into the ministry. I feel like anyone, any Christian can get something from this. So, how to heed advice about college slash after high school. Many scream college, but I want to go to Bible school and get involved in ministry. Why don't people understand? Well, I'm just going to preface it with this. People don't have to understand about your calling. People don't have to understand what you're called to do. It's not for them to understand. God didn't call them. God called you. And you're going to have to understand at the end of time, you're not when you're standing before Jesus, you're not going to give an account for what other people thought about what you're called to do. You're going to give an account for what you did and didn't do in your body. Did I accomplish the task or did I not? So I'll preface it with that. Um, but the first question, how to heed advice about college or after high school? I think this is a pretty delicate topic. Number one, because obviously I know that parents are a big um, part of this process, right? Parents are a very big part of this process. Um, and and you guys, you guys know how I feel about college in general. Um, I think, I think, Many times, not all the time, I think many times college is, I don't want to say scam, but a scam, if you know what I mean. Not all the time. Understand me very clearly. Understand me very clearly. College is not always a scam. But I'll put it to you like this. Why is it that you can have, let's say, like, Okay, let's just take a sample of 100 kids, right? 100 kids that graduate high school from wherever, all right? 90 of them, it's their plan to go to college. That's pretty accurate. 90 of them, it's their plan to go to some sort of college. Why? Not because they really want to, um, but because it's what it's what they've been told is the next step. So probably like 20 or like 30 of them, are very sure about what they want to do and very sure about, you know, and and then the thing that they want to do in life is directly connected to a degree. So it's, so it's, it's necessary to get the degree, but there's another, there's another like 40%, 40, 30, even 50% that go to college not because they want to or not because it's it's something that they number 1 feel called to do or number 2 it leads to the thing that they feel called to do they just do it because it's it's the thing to do oh yeah i'm going i'm going to college yeah why wouldn't yeah because because guidance counselors teachers even parents will push kids into college when it's not in the cards and it doesn't have to be Listen, you don't have to go to college. I know that's a shock to hear from for a lot of people. Like a an absolute shock. No you Not a lot of youth pastors or youth leaders will tell you that. But college is not for everyone. Because what's the point? What's the point in going to college for no discernible reason just for you to pick a business mate? Cuz that's usually what happens. People go to college just because, and then they're like, oh, I don't know what to do. Uh, so they're, they're an undeclared major, or maybe they pick, you know, a popular one's business major. Why? Just because, and then they change their major five times because they don't know what they're going to do. By the time they're out of college, if they don't drop out, they have mounds of student loan debt. And Evangelist Preston has done an episode on The Last Gen about student loan debt, so go check that out have mounds of student loan debt and still don't know what they want to do and still take entry-level jobs in something that they don't they don't have any intention on fulfilling. So number one understand that college is not for everyone. There's a couple professions that require college but I I'm not one to just, recommend college to everyone I'm I'm very weary about that now if you don't know what you're called to do and it comes time take a gap year take a gap year Pr- fast and pray decide that you're gonna go to revival meetings you're gonna spend time in the presence of God and you're gonna you're gonna fast and pray until you hear the voice of God or direction about your life. But don't just rush into college because it's what the culture says to do. So this question, how to heed advice about college slash after high school? Many scream college. That's right. Many, most are going to tell you, you have to go to college. You have to go to college. You have to go to college. Why? Why? So how, how do you heed advice? Well, it depends on who's giving you the advice. Your high school guidance counselor doesn't have to have any say in your life. My high school guidance counselor, I didn't give a crap what she said. And looking back, I'm glad that I didn't. I wish I gave less of a crap about what she said. Because she doesn't know me. I mean, you might be cool with your high school guidance counselor. I don't know. But she doesn't know you. Or he doesn't know you. He doesn't know what God's called you to do. And many times people get frustrated because they try to explain their calling to other people that won't understand. This is what Jesus was talking about when he said, don't cast your pearl before swine, lest they trample it and then trample you on foot as well. People are not going to understand, especially if you're called into ministry. So I would say to this question, how to heed advice after college, or I mean about college or after high school, depends on who's giving you the advice. If it's your high school guidance counselor or if it's some teacher, your geometry teacher or whatever, who cares? If it's your pastor, here's here are three people that you should you should take take advice from. Because otherwise, not your friends, don't don't listen to your friends about, Wait, so what do you think I should do? Don't even bring it up to them. Don't ask them what they think. They're not smart enough. Not only are they not smart enough, you they don't know what God's called you to do. So minimize outside voices. But if it's your pastor or your youth pastor, right? your pastor or your youth pastor, your parents, or your spiritual father or mother. Aside from those 3, their advice literally means nothing unless unless like it's a special case and you're like but actually my godmother, you know, okay, yes. You understand what I'm saying. Father or mother figure, spiritual father or mother figure and and um pastor. Other than that, I wouldn't I wouldn't try to heed advice from everyone. Cuz go, go to the right people. Try to minimize voices. Cuz a lot of times people people get frustrated cuz they they try to get everyone's opinion. So what what do you think I should do about this? And they all have different opinions and then you're like you've got no clue. So you don't need to know how everyone feels. You need to know how God feels, obviously number 1. And then if you need Natural wisdom, go to your pastor, go to your your parents, and then go to your spiritual father and mother. I will say with the parents, um, this is this has been an issue. I I I understand that it can be an issue in that not everyone's parents are saved, number one, or not everyone's parents understand the call into ministry or the call into whatever you feel called to do. But you you do have to understand that you still have to honor your your father and mother. If you're 17, you're living under their roof, you have to honor their wishes. God can change their heart. God can help you. God can reveal things to them that he's revealed to you about your calling, and he'll work on their heart. But if you're 17, if you're still getting financial aid from them, of course, they have to be part of the, the... the process but god will change their heart i'm telling you god will change their heart if they're not down with it but when it comes to it and you're 18 and it comes down and if it came down to either obeying my parents or obeying the, the, the not not obeying my parents but if they don't if they didn't get it if they didn't understand versus you know, God has called me to do something. Like if God called me to preach it and my parents didn't understand it. Now they do. They're Mine are, are amazing. But let's just say my parents didn't understand it and think, oh, I don't think you're not going to make any money. It, You know, what am I going to do? Disobey God and then come to the end of eternity and say, yeah, Lord, I know you called me to preach. But, you know, my parents said I wouldn't really make any money. So I decided to work on, at Amazon. Um, and Foot Locker part-time. You must obey God rather than men, but understand while you're in their house, they have a say, especially if they're going to be paying for it. But God will change their heart. God will change their heart. So the last part of the question was, why don't people understand? People are stupid, that's why. <laughs> Number one, there's people that aren't saved, so they're never going to understand. They might say they understand. They might say, oh, no, I respect you for that. They don't understand. They don't understand. You get a lot of confused faces when you tell a 40-something-year-old that you're not going to go to college, (laughs) especially when you did well in school. I had that a lot. Where I was like, you know, people, on my friends' parents understood that I was a good student, 4.0, whatever, and... You know, and then I say, I'm not going to college. Actually, I'm going to become a preacher. And, I, you know, and they're like, "Uh, okay, I respect you. But in the back of their mind, they're thinking, this kid is nuts. Yeah. Okay. Question number two. We'll, we'll go back, we'll go to question number two, and then question number three is kind of similar to question number one, but I wanted to take it because it is, it's different. It's different, and it'll p- apply to everyone. Question number three, which is two. So, question number one, part one, how to, adheed, how to heed advice about college after high school, um, and then question number two, does God use suffering to teach us something does god use suffering to te- uh sorry i'm yawning. <sighs> most people would edit that out but you know not that i'm lazy but i just i just want to be authentic i just want to be the real me um does god use suffering to teach us something my question back would be what do you mean by suffering? What do you mean by suffering? I'm not one of those people. You know, I do want you guys to understand this. You'll, you'll encounter this in your life. If you believe like I do, and you believe like The Last Gen does, and you believe like Miracle Word Ministries do, does, and my uncle and my aunt, if you believe like us, in the faith message, in healing, and prosperity, in the fact that God wants to bless you, right, in the goodness of God, and that he's not trying to draw you through the mud or whatever. If you believe like that and start talking like that, the first thing that's going to happen are you're going to have people who come up with the same line, the same line. Oh, you believe in all that health and wealth stuff, but in my Bible still says the godly in Christ will suffer. My Bible still says that we're supposed to suffer for the gospel. My Bible says that gods it's God's will for us to suffer. So how, how can you have health and wealth? I'm telling you, you get that. You'll get it on a daily. But those people, when they say that, have no idea what they're talking about. Because when they say suffer because what's happened is when you read in the bible and and this can be confusing to you if you if you don't understand this can be confusing to like a new a new believer who was taught the word of faith, taught healing, taught prosperity whatever. They come into their bible and they read about this word called suffering, right? The word called suffering. Paul talks about it a lot. The bible talks about it a lot, suffering. And they'll get confused and say, "Well, I thought that healing was, you know, God, God wanted to heal us, not for us to suffer. But when, cause when you read that word, your tendency is to go in your mind, oh, suffering, that means sickness and disease, poverty and lack struggle. But in reality, if you study the pure context of scripture, and I mean, every single time this word appears suffering, we could go through every single verse, but you could, you could, you to, To the T, every single time the word suffering appears in the New Testament when Paul is talking about it, he's not talking about sickness. He's not talking about disease. He's not talking about poverty or lack. He's not talking about struggle. There's only one thing that Paul means when he says suffering. What he means is persecution. Persecution. Anytime you see the word suffering in the Bible, I want you to write next to it, persecution. Because you can create some whack doctrine if you see suffering as God taking your mom with cancer. Seems extreme, but that's what people do. I'm just suffering for the gospel. No, you're not. You're being attacked. And the devil would love, love for you to, in the midst of being attacked, think that it's your heavenly Father testing you because you won't fight back. So does God use suffering to teach us something? Number one, suffering means persecution. So if suffering means persecution, does God use persecution to teach us something? No. I I wouldn't even say the purpose of persecution is for God to teach you something. Let me pull up a scripture that I just thought of. I just did like the uh, worst Google search. Yeah, figures and nothing showed up. Um, Hold on. I got this. I got this. Come on, come on. All right, bear with me guys. This is, I'm about to I'm about to find the scripture. It's in the book of Revelation. Aha! Got it. This is Revelation. Is this right? Alright, cool. Revelation chapter 2 and verse 10. Revelation chapter 2 verse 10. Understand the context of Revelation chapters 1 through 3. Revelation chapter one, chapters 1 through 3 are letters to the seven churches in Asia. From Jesus, his own mouth. Through the penmanship of John the Revelator So Jesus appeared to John on the Isle of Patmos And he said Write in this letter The things that I'm about to show you And these things to the seven churches So he's writing In Revelation chapter 2 and verse 10 To a church I wonder what church this is Let me see this is the church in Smyrna. Okay. Revelation uh, 2.10. This is what Jesus said to the church. Do not fear what you are about to suffer. Okay. Suffer. There's that word. Suffer. Okay. Is he about to talk about sickness? No. Do not fear what you are about to suffer. Behold, the devil is about to throw some of you into prison that you may be tested and for 10 days you will have tribulation. Be faithful unto death and I will give you the crown of life. So understand, even even showing in this verse, it shows us a couple things. Number, Number one, that word suffering is talking about persecution for being a Christian, right? Even that word tribulation, if you look up what that word means, trials and tribulations, that's talking about persecution as well. All right? But understand this. Look, this is interesting. Do not fear what you're about to suffer. Behold, the devil is about to throw some of you in prison. So, who's doing the persecution? Is it God? No, it's not God, it's the devil. The devil is the one that's bringing persecution on the church. Now, did God say, does the Bible say that godly in Christ will suffer persecution? Yes. If you're a Christian, you can expect persecution and you should not try to get out of it. You can't use your faith to get out of something that God already told you you'd go through persecution. Paul went through persecution, Paul was murdered. All, the, all, you know, Peter was crucified upside down. All the apostles, except for John, were killed because of persecution. So, I'm not saying use your faith to get out of persecution. But I will say, so you can expect to be persecuted. The godly in Christ will suffer persecution. It's a scripture. But don't confuse suffering for Christ for sickness or disease. And then also, if you're when you're persecuted, don't think it's God doing it. He's not just trying to you know, crush you and to make you more humble or whatever. The devil is trying to get you to quit. The devil is trying to get you to renounce Christ. The devil is seeing how far he can push you before you give up. What do you think it was it was God causing Paul or Saul at the time to to murder Christians. That was God. No, it wasn't God. So the question here does God use suffering to teach us something? God doesn't God doesn't teach by destruction. God does not teach by destruction. He teaches by instruction, his word. So you don't have to go through something for God to teach you something. Now, I will say, all right. God takes what the enemy meant for evil and he turns it for good, but that doesn't mean he's using persecution as a teaching moment that's to be expected because you're a Christian okay that's a good question though it br- it brings up a lot of a lot of good interesting points with with the whole question of suffering i was I was honestly wanting to do a whole podcast on that anyways because you know i i we posted a reel um it was just a tweet of of me of my tweet and it said like um it said if it wasn't god's will to physically heal everyone at all times he made a pretty reckless and irresponsible promise in james 5 14 through 15 and then as expected you have people in the comments writing things like let me see Okay. Saying stuff like this. uh, God didn't remove Paul's thorn in the flesh, which that's a fallacy. Paul's thorn in the flesh was not sickness or disease, very clearly. Any true biblical scholar will tell you that. Timothy had stomach issues that Paul told him to drink wine for it, and we were never told that he was healed. Okay. That's not telling you that it wasn't God's will to heal him. It was saying, don't keep drinking the, the... Crap! Water that's in your city because it's making you sick. Okay, so in Galatia, Paul came sick and wasn't healed. Uh, he was healed if you read on. Um, Paul left Trophimus sick. That's that's a funny argument, you know. <laughs> Paul left trof- Trophimus sick in Second Timothy. That doesn't that doesn't mean that. <laughs> okay, seeing one sick person in Scripture does not account for God's will. But but what, what they ended up saying was, um, you know, <laughs> bad theology hurts people. Um, yes, he is good, but he is also sovereign, and his ways are higher than our ways. Nowhere does he actually promise an easy life. Actually the opposite. Paul even goes as far to say that the to, to the weak, I become weak for the sake of the gospel. God uses the pain. That came with the fall, so that others may come to know Him. He never, He uses our weakness for His glory to live as Christ, to die as gain. It's not about you; it's about Him. So that's why I wanted to get into that because people, I could still do another episode on that. Um, we'll get into the last question, then we'll close it out. I'll answer this pretty quickly. Um, it's kind of like the first one, but it's not. Another question came in, so we'll answer both of them, and it's a good question. So I just threw an audible, called an audible here. All right, third question: I want to go to Bible college, but am I supposed to know what I want to do in the ministry yet? So I'm going to make this question. I'll answer it in the in the narrow sense, but I'll make it broad to everyone because I know it. Not everyone's called into the ministry. Um, I want to, Okay, so I'll answer your question directly. I want to go to Bible college, but am I supposed to know what I want to do in the ministry? yet? Fast and pray until you know. But if it ti- comes time and all you know for now is to go to Bible college, do what the Lord and, and what Bible college to go to. Do what the Lord has already revealed to you, and he'll reveal more. You don't have to have the entire big picture. Do the first thing that God's called you to do and the rest will come. If you if you just feel to go to Bible college but you don't know like what exactly it is, I'm telling you you'll find that in Bible college. Obviously fast and like don't use that in this, as an excuse to say, "Oh, I'll just I'll just, you know, hear it later." No, fast and pray now. Hear hear what God's saying to you and what he's called you to do. But if it comes time to go to Bible college and that's all you know to do, from the Lord, then, then go there, and and the Lord will direct your steps. He'll he'll let you know what fivefold ministry or helps ministry or whatever He's called you to do. Um, He'll tell you what path to take while you're in Bible school. I can't think, and this is where I'll broaden it to everyone. I can't think of a better environment to hear from the Lord than a Bible a Bible school, and not just any Bible school. Like I'm thinking about two right now. I can only recommend two. But I will say, if, and and this isn't just for anyone called into the ministry, if you don't know what you're called to do, if you don't, like, if you don't know what you're called to do, maybe go to Bible college. First of all, it's free almost. Like, I'll recommend one to you right now, the river at Tampa Bay, Dr. Rodney Howard Brown school, the river at Tampa Bay, go there. If you don't know what to do, if you're completely at, you don't know, you know you're completely lost, you have no clue, get where the anointing is. Get where you're going to be in revival services every day. Get where you're serving. In classes, learning more about the Bible. I can't think of a better way to hear from God than to be in the anointing constantly. It's better than banging your head against a brick wall. You're, I can't hear God. I can't hear God. I can't hear God. So to answer your question, if it came down to it and you, d- you still didn't know like what a specific path to take, do what he's already told you to do, which you already have, have told me. I want to go to Bible school. So find out what school that is. If you don't already know, go there. Because God's not going to contradict it. If he told you to go to a certain school, it's because he's taking you along a certain path. And that will lead perfectly into what he's called you to do. It's the perfect will of God. Last question. Great guy asked this question. I love him. He's pretty active on the last gen. He's a great guy. How do you get refilled by the Holy Spirit? How do you get refilled by the Spirit? It's a great question, and it should apply to everyone, every single believer. You know, my uncle uses this um, this analogy whenever he's talking about this, whenever he's preaching on this. He says, you know, when I married my wife, you know, my aunt, His wife, my aunt, Um, Carolyn, you know, there was a moment in the wedding ceremony where the, where the, uh, the, the, uh, officiate, officiator, whatever, the preacher said, you may now kiss the bride, right? But he says this, he says, I didn't, I didn't kiss her then to never kiss her again, right? You don't get filled with the Holy Spirit just so you can say, oh, phew. Now that's out of the way with, I'll never do that again. You should not just have one experience with God and say, oh, I remember that time in youth camp. I remember that time, you know, the hype worship was playing, the trendy youth pastor was preaching, it was a fire word, whatever. Yeah, you may have had a, a crazy experience with the Lord four years ago. But if the last time and I'm talking to married people right now. If the last time you kissed your wife or your husband was at the wedding, you've got a problem. You don't get saved and get filled with the Holy Spirit to then get away from his presence. You do it to get more in his presence. So how practically to get refilled with the Holy Spirit? Make a point every day. day. I'm I, Just like David said, I will be anointed with fresh oil. I will be anointed with fresh oil. How to get refilled with the Holy Spirit? Do it like the early church did it. Because think about it. All right, Acts chapter 2, they got filled with the Holy Spirit initially. Acts chapter 2, the day of Pentecost, all 120 were filled with the Holy Spirit. All right, let's skip over two chapters later. The same people, the same people, they suffered some persecution. Ready? All right. When they were released, they went to their friends and reported what the chief priests and elders had said to them. And when they heard it, they lifted their voices together, saying, Sovereign Lord, who made the heavens and the earth and the sea and everything in them, who, who through the mouth of our father David, your servant, said by the Holy Spirit, why did the Gentiles rage? Why did the peoples plot in vain? the kings of the earth set themselves? And the rulers were gathered together against the Lord and against his anointed. So they're praying, right? Early church gets back together, they start praying, and they start praising God. They start praying, and they start praising God. And understand. And listen to this, verse 31. And when they had prayed, the place which they had gathered together was shaken, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and continued to speak the word of God with boldness. Who got filled with the Holy Spirit? The people that had already been filled with the Holy Spirit. So they're filled and refilled and refilled and refilled. How? Spending time in the presence of God. If you want to get refilled with the Holy Spirit, turn on some praise music and start dancing. You must think I'm like I'm like crazy cuz I that's like a lot of my tips. But I'm not even kidding. I'm not I'm not kidding. Start praising God. Start praying in the Spirit. Pray in tongues. Watch God. You know, the Holy Spirit isn't some far off force. Paul said, Know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit? So you don't have to try to be refilled with the Holy Spirit. It's easy. You don't have to try. We have a treasure hidden in earthen vessels. So the Holy Spirit lives in you. God the Holy Spirit lives in you. And what happens when you're filled with the Holy Spirit and refilled is just that it overflows from within you to the outside. So do what Tim do what Paul told Timothy Stir up the gift. Stir up the gift of God that came on the inside of you when I laid my hands on you. Or Another translation. Fan into flames the gift of God that came on the inside of you through the laying on of my hands. Fan into flames. Stir up the gift. How do you stir up the gift? How do you fan into flames? Start praying in the spirit. Start singing praises unto God. Focus on the presence of God. Go after it. I mean, not not go after it like while you're brushing your teeth in the morning and just expect to fall over in the Spirit. No, no. If you really want to be refilled with the Holy Spirit and have an encounter with the Lord, He's not going to say no. You're His child. So, fan into flames. I think that's such an important skill to know. Is that even when you don't feel like it, even when your body is tired, even when in the natural, there's no reason to feel encouraged or feel spiritual in any way, is to start like, like David did. When the men at Ziklag were trying to kill him, do what David did. And the Bible says, and he encouraged himself in the Lord. All, the, all of his own men wanted to kill him because their wives and their children had been taken away. They thought they were dead. And all of his people turned against him, said, we're going to kill you. And David went away by himself, and the Bible says, and he encouraged himself in the Lord. You've got to learn to encourage yourself in the Lord. You're not going to feel like it all the time, but you've got to learn to shut yourself away, start praying in the Spirit, start, start praising, and you'll watch. Something will start to bubble up on the inside of you. And then once it does, I mean, it's the same with being filled with the Holy Spirit for the first time. Once you feel that bubbling, don't like try to suppress it. That's the Holy Spirit. That's that's the anointing. So I hope that helped. Practically, praise praise music helps. Pray in tongues until you feel physical. Until you feel a physical. Residue of the anointing on your body. Yeah. And, and and listen, you don't have to fall over every time. You can be refilled with the Holy Spirit in your room, just sitting down, praying. Obviously, it's going to be supernatural, because anytime God does anything, it's supernatural. But I hope that helped. I hope all that helped. I hope this Q&A was good for you guys. I had fun. I enjoyed it. I'm going to sign off. I love you. Stay up to date with what we're doing. Um I did mention on the live stream that we're going to have a special guest on here very soon and we will. Um it's just as far as uh working out scheduling and stuff like that. He does live where I live, but um you know, we're pretty busy at the moment, but we're going to get we're going to get it. It's going to be a good one and I think he'll be very beneficiary no beneficial it's pretty late guys I'm very sorry I've got a good vocabulary I promise he'll be very beneficial to a lot of you we'll be talking about things like very practical things for life, business work, success it's going to be good you're going to enjoy them I respect them a lot I love them a lot and I know you will too All right, guys I love you signing off I'll check back in with you later.